Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the tech podcast for the family IT person and everyone else that wants to get more out of life through their tech. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. And I'm your co-host, Jason Benjamin. Thank you so much for joining us on this launch episode. Jason, I think we can both say that we're super excited to finally start recording, especially where we started working on this, the idea, what, years ago? And yep. tried recording for the last two hours or so. Yeah, if not, if we don't count the uh, the past two weeks where we had audio issues and recording issues, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're finally excited to 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 get this show on the road. So yeah, let's uh let's get started then. And I do want to set some expectations because even though we're super excited, we know that all of the best things in life are part of a journey, right? They just don't happen immediately. So that's what we expect for this podcast. We're going to focus on the quality of the content and sharing the knowledge and passion that we have. But please be patient with us as we have no intention of making perfect audio quality. Now, that might sound a little bit funny, right, Jason? Coming from a tech podcast, we should be able to figure that out. But that's not where we want to be spending our time, at least not right now. And I'm going to have grandkids running around, and I'll be recording from a camp trailer, which means there's just no way we're not going to have things going on. I've got somebody mowing the lawn outside my house right now that might bleed its way in. So that's just not going to be our focus. Yep. It's not. It's not. And, and you know, part of our, our focus with the podcast is to to get the most out of the technology that you have. So we can't preach one thing about, you know, getting the most out of your technology and, and being mobile and, and being able to do these things and then hide away in some fancy studio with, you know, the uh, uh, the most uh, high tech equipment. It's kind of cheating, right? Well, I mean, MKBHD. Right. I mean, with as big of a following as he has, he has that nice, big, huge, massive warehouse size studio. If we get there, that's fine yeah. by me. But, you know, for what we're trying to do, that's really not what either of us is after. So, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I had this come up on the other podcast that I do this week. It's finally better weather here, but that means that allergies are in. So, yes, I have the sniffles. Yes, it came out in my podcast this last week. And yes, it may come out in this one and just not going to be able to avoid that completely. So anyway, don't hold us accountable if you hear things or, you know, if we experiment with some video and it's not perfect and what you're used to seeing, please don't hold us to those standards because that's not what we're after. No, we'll get there. Yep. At one point. Someday. All right. But for today, I'm excited for the topics that we have. So we want to talk about our tech origin stories. Now, this is kind of our joke, right? First rule of superhero club is don't claim to be a superhero. So we are not going to tell you whether we're superheroes or not, but we are going to tell you a little bit of our origin stories because we can both identify the moments in our lives that have driven our passion for tech. So we'll share a little bit about our personal backgrounds. Then we'll talk about how we got into tech. And then we'll talk about a shift that we both experienced in our lives. And that's the shift from gadgets to tools. We'll explain what that means. Now also, Stay tuned for the post show. And Jason, you got to stick around for this too, because I'm going to share a story you haven't heard. And uh, it is going to have a text spin, but I think you're going to laugh and probably feel a little bit sorry for me at the same time. Okay. I'm excited to hear that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm kind of excited, but at the same time, it's caused a lot of uh, anxiety on my part. We'll put it that way. Not horrible, but just a little bit. Okay. Concerned. 
Now, before okay. we get started, if you haven't already, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button in your podcast player. If you're listening on the web, just open your favorite player on your mobile device and search for Gadgets for Families and then hit the button. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram as Gadgets for Families with no vowels. GDGTS, the number four, FMLS. There we will post tips, tricks, episode reminders, and that's also where we want to experiment with video clips. Experiment, maybe. You can check out our YouTube channel. It's there. We have no idea what we're going to do with it. No idea what we're going to do with it yet. And that's youtube.com slash at GDGTS, the number four, FMLS. Right, right. Did we mention have patience while we're starting off? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, especially if we get into video, cause that's kind of a whole other movie. Yep. Yep. All right, Jason, tell us why we're doing this podcast. Who's it for, you know, all of that kind of good stuff. So we, you know, Greg, we, we spoke about it, you know, tons of times. You're, you're just like me, you know, you can't get five minutes into the office without someone stopping you and saying, Hey, I'm having this problem or you go to visit your in-laws and everyone pulls out their phones and say, Hey, I'm having this problem. Or uh, in my case, my mother-in-law is always calling me, Hey, I can't get this thing to print. Can you come around? She stays three blocks over. Can you come around here and adjust the printer or something? So we're just a dedicated family IT guy, right? So initially that's who we wanted to target was guys that were in the same situation like us, guys and, 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 and girls that are just constantly always having to support someone. But I think after we spoke, you know, some time and tried to develop the podcast, we noticed that more people can get value out of this, right? So not just the family techie or, or the, uh, the IT nerd in the, uh, in the household, but, you know, that grandmother that's getting her phone for the first time, you know, how does she get more out of her device? and 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 be able to use it to the to the best of the ability or you know that student that's you know not necessarily just a, a techie but want to get more organized want to be more punctual want to be more uh uh focused uh uh you know like we said just anyone that can get any kind of value out of out of their technology uh more so to just using it for its face value right so many people get the phone and just use it as a phone you know, how many times have we heard, oh, as long as it may calls, I'm okay. Are you really okay? Because this thing can do a lot more for you than just make phone calls. Yeah, I was thinking as we've been talking, my grandma that lives in another state, how when she got her first iPhone, we decided to share some shared photo albums with her. So every time a new picture mm -hmm. would get into the album, she would get it. And she thought that was the best thing since sliced bread. She had no idea that that was even possible but once we did that all of a sudden she was more involved in the grandkids lives she doesn't see him that often but she can see all those pictures mm -hmm. and i don't have to worry about remembering to tell her that great thing that happened she just gets the pictures when we shared it and if i hadn't have shared that with her and pointed out that we did it she wouldn't have even known it's there because as these mobile operating systems get more and more complicated discoverability mm -hmm. is a real issue right i mean they just you can't find all of these new cool features every time a new version of the OS is released. There's something in there for everybody yeah. if you can find it. Exactly, exactly. And we can't expect everyone to be like us. Like we're, we're waiting on the edge of our seats for months before WWDC. 
And every feature that comes out, we're taking it in and we're, we're, we're taking notes. And even we don't remember, right? If we're not on the latest device, the latest device features don't matter to us as much. Then by the time we upgrade, we discover new things like, oh, I didn't know it can do that. Or, oh, I forgot Apple announced that we can do that with this device now. So, you know, we don't expect just to appeal to the, to the tech nerd, you know, the IT person or the, the family geek. But anyone, especially parents, we're going to have an entire episode dedicated to parental controls and, and you know, being able to monitor what your kids do and what your family uh, uh, do on their devices and all that. You know, not necessarily from a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, uh, what's the word am I thinking right here? I want to be in the, total control standpoint because that's a myth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not from the control freak. Exactly. It is a myth. But not from a control freak standpoint, but from a family safety standpoint. You know what I mean? How can we allow our children and our grandchildren and our, our family members to have these devices and everyone be safe and, and still, you know what I mean, be able to, to stay up on, on uh, their activities and things like that. So, so not, just a, not just a family nerd, but anyone that can benefit from that. Yeah, getting the most out of life, right? I mean, I've been focused on a lot, and yeah. you and I have talked about that. It isn't just about... Um, life in general, but using technology to get the most out of life and something I've been focused on. Mm -hmm. And I actually fall into that category now. I've got my three grandkids living here with us. And so while I understand a lot about how I can lock down the devices and slowly open them up and all of those different kinds of things, a lot of people don't. And there's this growing population of grandparents that are very involved in raising grand and great grandkids. So definitely going to have something to be able to help them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely. So, so, you know, we, you know, we talked about them and, and we also, you and I both use these devices professionally. So that's another, uh, uh, another target is someone who works in technology or, or just, or, or, you know, work professionally in the office somewhere, uh, a period. And how do we use things like our calendar to stay in sync and, and, you know, uh, being able to chat and send appointments and, and, just stay organized using notes and, and, you know, which apps are the best to use for those type of things. So anyone from the, you know, professional entrepreneurs using technology and small businesses and, and things like that um, to, like we said, just the, the grandparents or just that, that one student who just wants to figure out how to do things better. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say if you have tech in your life and you want to get more out of it, you should keep listening, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I like that. So I know we're going to dive in and just a little bit into more of our tech background, right? How we got into this and some of our background actually overlaps. But uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about you personally. And I think you've got a story about maybe the first computer you had too. And tell us a little bit about you personally, let folks get to know you and then I'll do the same. And then we can get into the tech origin stories. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Jason Benjamin. I was born here in Houston, Texas. Uh, lived here all of my life. Uh, did some traveling, but hadn't found anywhere that I would rather live besides Houston. So <laughs> if you're living somewhere and you have and you think that I, uh, I may like it, just, you know, shoot us a message and and we'll come visit. But, um, you know, I, I always love technology. You know, my introduction to uh, technology was uh, our first computer. I want to say I was 11 or 12 years old. It was an e-machine that my mom had got for us for Christmas one year at uh, Best Buy. And uh, 
I may be telling my age here, but uh, if you remember e-machines, it was kind of a like a low cost bargain kind of uh, um, uh, PC. Basically, you buy it and then you upgrade everything on it because once your your skill level increases, it, it's pretty much useless. And uh, that's how me and my brother learned. We we would always constantly take this thing apart. Uh, something was always burning out on it. Uh, something was always going wrong. And we learned how to uh, basically support ourselves before we could start supporting others. Um, the mouse had a little. It was a rollerball mouse. This yeah, was what, I before remember the rollerball. You remember constantly yeah, to having out, to clean that thing out? Use a wet wipe or a Clorox wipe or yep, something yep. to get all the fuzzies <laughs> off of them. Yeah, yeah. So we learned to support ourselves before, and then uh, so, um, you know, I started working in in the oil and gas field here, you know, in Houston, Texas, or just in Texas in general. That's kind of you know whether you're in real estate or or sales or whatever. There's some oil company that's hiring for that position, and and you can. Um, um, you know, have a career without, you know, going through, uh, other, you know, the traditional uh, uh, channels and things like that. But uh, after I got laid off my first time, I said, this is a perfect time for me to do something that I love, which was technology. So I went back to school. I went to UHD and um, I went to ITT Tech and I got my uh, uh, associates and got a bunch of certificates and things like that and started working in technology, doing tech support. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, I, I just uh, uh, always had a, a love for technology. So, but, uh, so I met my wife here in, uh, in Houston. She was teaching at my oldest son's school and uh, I met her. We've been married for 15 years this year. This June, we'll be celebrating 15 years. We have two children together. Uh, uh, big age gap between my oldest son. So my oldest son is 22. My middle son is 12. So it was a big, big age gap. And then my, my youngest daughter is seven. So uh, so I have college age kids and school age kids. So I, I, I understand the challenges with technology at, at all points, you know, uh, and I'm still dealing with it now, even with my with my grandson, <laughs> who we bought him an iPad for for Christmas. And, uh, you know, we we kept running into that that question. Is he too young? for this type of technology. And I'll tell you a story, maybe on another episode, of how I see the differences, how my children use technology between my oldest son and my youngest daughter. They all view and use technology different. You know, my household is like a, a walking, uh, a science experiment. You know, I can see the differences in how they use uh, uh, technology. And uh, we, we juggle with that question a lot. Was he too young? And, uh, yeah, I of think we I think at it. some point we should talk about even if I look at my oldest to my youngest the difference in what I let them do with technology and how early I let them do it yep. because things have evolved. So, I think that'll be a great episode for us to to dive in and talk about. Jason, you're not in technology right now though, right? So, tell us no, just no, a little bit about what you're doing. I'm not so so. It's funny. I have all of these uh, certificates, you know, wireless security and and uh, cellular technology and uh, wireless plus and A plus and and uh, I even have some networking certificates and you know, along with my degree, and I sell popcorn. <laughs> uh, not so I know they, not uh, what that's anybody a thought weird. you were going to say, right? 
No, no, not not at all, not at all. And and you know, it, it's funny because I love technology. I, I love all of my my work experience and things that I had. But had I would have known that I can be successful as an entrepreneur on my own, I probably would have started this journey ten years ago. And and you know. I'll share more information and stuff about that as as time goes on and you get to know, uh, you know, Greg and I uh, even more. But, yeah, that's one of the things I tell people is, you know, you never know where your journey is going to take you. You know, if you give me a second, I remember one of the interview questions back when we were at Stuart Title years ago was asking the, uh, the applicant, were they focused on the journey or the destination, right? And there were people that, that, who view that whole subject different. You know, some people are about the destination. They're about meeting their goals and hitting those those points throughout their life and, and reaching that destination. Or there's people who enjoy the journey. You know what I mean? And I think that I've learned over the years, my, my view of that whole question kind of changed because now my journey is nowhere near, you know, well, the destination that uh that i was working towards is nowhere near the, the the destination that i originally intended so yeah 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 i mean i've been exploring that on my other podcast which is all about you know personal development and stuff like that i'll talk about that in a sec but yeah. the where do we what do we want to get out of life and being able to course correct and change and while technology for both of us is always going to be a part of our lives what we want out of our technology and what we want to do with it I mean, there was a time where I thought maybe I'd want to be a computer programmer and then realized that was never going to happen. My brain doesn't think like that. Yeah. Right. But I don't have this desire for technology except for for this podcast. Right. Which is a little different. I don't want to be in the middle of technology support. And at some point we can talk about our professional backgrounds and dive into that a little more. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think what you're talking about is, man, if I realized how much I could get out of life selling popcorn. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would have done this a long yeah. time ago. Exactly, exactly. And and you know, it's it's been it's been up and down too. And and I think my experience with technology kind of gave me an advantage. It kind of gave me a head start into jumping into uh, into entrepreneurship. So so I, I think someone can can learn some of the lessons that I've learned, you know, through this podcast. Um you know, with the, just those those past experience and stuff that I had. So, yeah. all right. Well, I'm gonna make you feel super young because there you talked about e-machines. I did have an e-machine, but it was not when I was little. It was when I was looking for a machine for college. So, um, but okay. uh, <laughs> okay. I, what, I'll tell you in a minute what my first computer was, and you're gonna laugh at that one too. But so I'm Greg Cunningham. I grew up in a small town in central Utah, went to high school in another small town in central Utah, um, spent a couple years in Brazil uh, for a church mission, and came home, got married to my wonderful wife. We now have four kids and three grandkids. All three grandkids and our youngest son live with us, as well as our oldest daughter, because they're her kids that live with us. So that's who you're going to hear interrupt. At some point, the one-year-old who's my shadow will pound on this door and insist on being let in so but that's uh so i'm back in utah now but i did live in houston for over a decade um it was great and uh, we came back to utah because all of our family was here and now actually we're thinking about where we want to go next because we're about to if the grandkids weren't here we're about to become empty nesters 
but uh, our grandkids, I think, yep. want to have a fresh start somewhere where they've not been. So I'll, more on that to come. Um, I spent about 20 years in financial services, and that's how Jason and I met when we worked at Stuart Title together. And then recently, I spent a couple years in high tech. Trust me, the financial services and high tech industries are dramatically different in every way, shape, or form. So, you yeah. know, I remember some of the meetings that um, that we had. Well, anyway, I won't go into that right now. We'll we'll talk about that at another point. But uh, <laughs> but for me right now, after I've been laid off twice, and after I got laid off the second, both times I started a small business, and it's the same small business both times. I just reopened it after the second time I got laid off and I decided I was I was done with letting corporate America control me if I can do that. So right now I'm a digital transformation consultant and I do leadership and personal development coaching and I have a podcast called Leaders Lift. So um and you're going to hear about my company mostly because we're putting this podcast underneath my company because that seemed to be what made the most sense. So you'll see that Mount Nebo Consulting. So that's what I'm doing right now and I will tell you that if I didn't have the tech background that I had, I would have had a much harder time setting up my company and being able to run it the way that I do, just because I wouldn't have known how to, what tools to get and all of those kinds of things. So I think at some point we're going to actually do an episode and talk about the tools that we use in our respective companies, because yeah. they're two very, very different businesses. Yours is a physical production sort of business and mine's a digital business. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll dive into that. Uh, I've already mentioned this, but I'm into camping, mountain biking, reading, and the tech stuff, of course. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. You'll hear a lot more about us. We're both geeks. You can see the Star Wars stuff behind me. At some point, you'll have a better picture, of a better view of Boba Fett and Darth Vader hanging on my wall. So um, we're both geeks like that. But let me make you feel really young, Jason. My first computer, and I remember I can see the living room where I used to play on it, was a Commodore 64. So, <laughs> and okay, <laughs> it was one of those where you took the tape player tape. Most of you listening probably won't even know what a tape is, but you took the tape player out, yeah. plugged it into the wall, plugged it into the computer and hit record and you started typing. And I used to program this game called eating apples. And basically when you hit done and it was ready to go, you took the joystick and there were X's. And there were round circles or something like that. And the round circles were the apples and you move the joystick around to eat the apples. But in order to play the game, <laughs> you had to program it every time you wanted to play it. So yep. that was yep. my earliest experience with a computer. So I don't even know if so you could call that is a hardly a. Uh... That is hardly a Nintendo Switch, but <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't think a lot of a lot of people listening realize that video games were on tapes. They yeah. don't they, they think everything was either CDs or cartridges. I know a lot of people realize that, you know, Nintendo cartridges and things, but yeah, they don't realize that they were actually tapes that yep. uh, had stored video games on them. Yep. Yeah, just a side <laughs> note, maybe we'll talk about this at some point, but my grandpa worked at Sears. And uh, I think I had almost every version of the Atari that came out because they would get returned if something was wrong with them. And he would bring them home. Yeah. And usually it was a piece of wire or soldering or something like that. And he would fix them and then we yeah. would keep them. Yeah. So I think I had every version of the Atari that 
came out for the longest time. I even have one downstairs right now. It's this new fangled version, right? That there's no cartridges, mm-hmm. but it has like 50 games built straight into the console. Oh, yeah, the yeah. flashback or something they yep. call it. Yep. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I always love those things, but yeah, yeah. I'm, me I'm too. a bit of a gaming historian and, and uh, always, always, video games were my introduction into technology. So. We'll have to put down in our notes that we need to do a video game episode. So we do. We do. All right. Let's talk about our tech origin stories. Now, we've kind of written some notes into our show notes, and we'll publish these show notes on our website, but we'll kind of go through this sort of some similar things. So, Jason, tell me about your first cell phone. So, my first cell phone, I was a junior. In high school, yeah, I believe I was a junior, not not anything younger than that. And it was a Primeco flip phone. And I remember when these things came out, they were all a rage. Everybody wanted them. Now, you know, kids now, it, it seems kind of mandatory to have unlimited voice and unlimited text and things like that. But back then, we had to pay for blocks of like 60 minutes. Um there was like a plan that had like 120 minutes and all of those plans came with like 30 texts or 50 texts or something like that. There was no such thing as sending unlimited texts. And, uh, I remember my mom saying, I'll buy you the phone, but if you want to get your minutes and stuff, you have to work and, 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 uh, uh and pay for those things yourself. And I remember uh, my first job was my, one of my favorite jobs. I still to this day love that job. It was at a, a place called Buckhorn Ranch. And this was a place where companies would have their company picnics. So we had, it's like a theme park slash, uh, uh, they had like a pavilion where they had barbecue and drinks and things like that. And my station that I love to work was I would barbecue hot dogs all day. So I would barbecue hot dogs and chili and all of that and get my check and run and buy 60 minutes of, of, uh, of, uh, of talking time and use that up all in like the day, just calling friends. What are you doing? What's going on? What's these are the same friends that I rode the school bus home with. Like I could walk to their house to see what they're doing, but instead I would burn up my expensive minutes calling them. So, (laughs) but yep, it was a prime code flip phone. I don't, I must've never realized in all the time we've been friends and worked together. I must've never realized how much younger you were than me because just like the Commodore 64 story, my first cell phone, we got married in 96. So, okay. and right after we got married, we realized that we were, our family lived a couple hours away and there was a really kind of dangerous canyon road that you drove down. It's one of the most dangerous roads in Utah, if you're stupid, right? Yeah. But we decided then that we wanted to have a cell phone. And then shortly after that, we started managing an apartment complex. And so we found that, you know, if we were showing an apartment to someone and needed to ask the owner in a question or something like that, it was easier to just have the cell phone than walk down to the other end of the complex mm-hmm. and pick up the corded phone or even the cordless. I don't know what we had back then. Right. And to uh, call. So, but we had the same problem. You paid for this block of minutes with your plan. The way it was with ours is you had a block of X number of minutes and no text messaging, but you had a block of minutes. And if you went over, they were like really expensive. 
like 50 cents a minute or whatever it was, right? And so we were young and yep. students. Yep. We were managing apartments, so we didn't have to pay full price on rent. So there's no way we wanted to be going <laughs> over on our minutes. So I remember trying to use it to manage those apartments. And, you know, I'd have it with me at school while my wife was home, and we would have it when we traveled. But it was a brick. I mean, it was one of those giant, it wasn't the first ones, right, that you had to have a cord mm-hmm. that was hooked to a battery pack or anything like that. But it was it was a monster. And uh, I thought it was the coolest yeah. thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so, Yeah, yeah. And those things were really cool, but they were big. Yeah. So real quick story. I don't know if I've told you this, but it was early on in the, in the cell phone era. And uh, I was actually using T-Mobile at the time. I I, that hooked me on tech. Right. And I started trying to switch plans Mm -hmm. and get new phones because every time you switch carriers, you got a new phone. It was the new latest and greatest for free, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I was on T-Mobile and I was driving down state street in Salt Lake city, which is in the middle of the city. Right. So there should not be a problem with cell phone coverage here. And it was back when the jazz were playing the bulls in the playoffs. And I'm driving down state street and they had a contest on the radio, caller number, whatever it was, you know, you can get tickets to the playoff game. Yes, absolutely. So I have my cell phone, right? And I call in and yeah. they're like, please hold. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to get tickets yeah. to this game, right? And I'm driving. It'll, and, it'll just be three minutes. Yeah. And I'm driving <laughs> down and all of a sudden my phone cuts out. And the next thing I hear is the radio DJ go, hello, hello. Well, I guess really? we'll need to go to the next caller. And uh, <laughs> I was oh, so mad, so mad that I drove straight to Best Buy and got a new phone on a different carrier and I was done. So that's early cell yep. phone experience yep. for me. <laughs> Which is funny because we still kind of keep that same anger. Whenever we have devices that don't work, we immediately like, I'm done with this and going by the new the new and latest thing. Yep. So that's always been a Greg Cunningham trait trait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do I really want to fix it or do I just want a new one that I know is still perfect or in theory is perfect, right? Yep. Yeah. So what else did you uh Talk to me before smartphones, right? Because we're going to get into smartphones. And, and if you listen to our trailer, you'll know that we're both kind of Apple geeks. So what are a couple of the other pieces mm-hmm. of tech that you use before smartphones really came into play? So before smartphones, um, I know you remember, because you were already working in the corporate world long, long before me, but remember the pocket PCs. Yep. And I remember um, the company that I started doing the tech support for, which was SBC Global, they had where you can get these certifications and they would pay for where they had a time management class with pocket PC. That was one of the first certifications I got, which, you know, I appreciated the knowledge that I got from that class because I did learn a lot. But one of the coolest things about it was after they trained you on a pocket PC, they let you keep the pocket PC. So, uh, I, I got to keep my, uh, my first pocket PC was, it was an HP, I don't remember the, I don't remember the model number, but I mean, it was a little three and a half or two and a half inch screen. It had the little stylus on it and you can tap, 
attach uh, uh tap on you know the things you want and, and just learning things like the calendar and was and, it color and things or was like it that and was it color or was it black and white no it was color it All was right. color so my first one was color <laughs> <laughs> so you you had a black and white one. Oh. <laughs> so so it was color and uh you can actually uh, an update like a few months later came out where you can actually transfer like movie files to it and actually watch movies on the little pocket PC. Oh, it was so cool. I would take it to work with me and get in trouble every day because I would take it and set it next to my computer screen and would play some video or, or some music video or something that I downloaded. And all of my, my coworkers would come by the desk like, oh, that is so cool. I didn't know you can do that. And I really, I was like, oh, I'm really loving this, this stuff. You know what I mean? So even back then with my first device, I was already showing people, look what this thing can do. You know, you can play movies on it. You can download you know, your, your your favorite music video. And instead of just listening to the song, you can look at the music video. And it was it was really cool. So that was that was some of my early tech was the uh, the pocket PC. I think you also have a note in here that says something about using the iPod Nano as an Apple Watch. So, yeah, this was this was pretty, pretty further along in, into my IT career. By then, I was already uh, working with you at Stuart Title and uh, Apple went through several versions already of the iPod. You know, we all remember the first, the first, the launch of the first iPod. It was exciting for everyone. I didn't get that model, but a few models later, I did get that one. Well, Apple started working on making that thing smaller and smaller and smaller, right? So where it was just a screen, simple touch screen, you just swipe back and forth through the uh, through the messages. And this was long before the Apple Watch. Well, someone came up with, hey, I can create a watch band. And just clip the, because it had a little clip in the back, just clip it to the watch band and wear this thing around like a watch. And it looked like a really cool watch. It looked basically like an Apple Watch five, six years before the Apple Watch was even invented. And uh, it was really cool, really cool. It had all of my music library right on my wrist. Wasn't Bluetooth, so I had to actually hook a, my AirPod, my earpods to it. And uh, but you can plug it into your wrist and, and plug one earpod in and you can just work with the wire dangling from your wrist. And yeah, really cool. Yeah. See, did you, you had you had an iPod, a shuffle, right? I had a did, shuffle. I had. So when the iPhone first came out, we'll get to this in a minute. But when the iPhone mm -hmm. first came out, I wasn't on AT&T and it was locked in. Right. I was on oh, Verizon okay. at the That's time. Right. And so I was super excited when they came out with. um the iPod touch because it was basically the iPhone without the cell phone service. So I was super yeah. excited with that because before that I had had the U2 version of the video iPod, the black mm -hmm. one with the red circle. I remember buying that one while I was at college and I had had several of them. And at that point I even had my kids that wanted to be listening to music and stuff like that. And those iPod shuffles were just the way to go. Cause they were, you know, they weren't super expensive. I wasn't about to give, you know, the young kids and iPod touch. So, but yeah. I, yeah. And you're speaking yeah. my language. I, I was hoping you were going to talk about this one because when we, in one of our other launch episodes, we're going to talk about our current tech kits and uh, I won't spoil it, but the Apple watch is very, very high on my list of gadgets right now. So I just find it fascinating that that's how you got into the Apple watch was by sticking an iPod shuffle on your wrist. Yeah, yeah, and it and it was it was cool. They had uh, other apps and stuff for it too that that made it useful. It wasn't just 
a cool looking watch with music on it. You know, they actually had things to make it useful. So, yeah, that was that was my introduction. So, and and what about you? Well, so again, there's this age gap I'm starting to realize more and more about. So, um, <laughs> we actually started off. So, I, yes, I I started off working at a bank and got into management pretty fast. And we were at a call center, and it was. You know, when, what comes along with call centers is, you know, basically having to be available anytime the call center is open. So I had my cell phone, yeah. but the first thing we did as a management team is we got those two-way pagers. We started off with regular pagers. Then it was basically mm-hmm. you got a number that said, please call us right now, and you called in. But then we got those little two-way pagers where you'd flip up the top, and it was the green screen kind of display, and it had that uber teeny keyboard on the bottom and so we could actually reply to messages so i didn't necessarily need to call in they could call and say hey we're having a problem with this and i could tell them what to do with it so that was yeah kind of my first exposure there and then you know i was always trying out new cell phone form factors and had the phones that the screen would flip over and up and then you had the keyboard underneath it which was very similar to the two-way pager keyboard and a lot of that kind of stuff work paid for which was great. Not the phone necessarily, but they'd pay for the plan and the text messaging because I was on call. So uh, I had yeah. Palm Pilots and mine were the green screen versions that were not even black and white. They were the, it literally looked green with dark writing on them, but I had all kinds of versions of yeah. those. And I even remember giving, <laughs> instead of giving uh, an IT guy that worked with us on a project, instead of giving him a bonus, we actually went out and bought him a Palm Pilot because he would never have bought it for nice. himself. And so we bought that for him and gave it to him as a bonus. And I think I left the bank like six or so years later, and he was still using that same Palm Pilot that we had given him. So those were awesome. But I do remember, and I'll tell the full story at some point, but for 9-11, I was actually in Orlando at a conference. And uh, I got stuck there, of course, right, because all of the airports Mm -hmm. shut down. But that's the first conference where I really got exposed to Blackberries. And so I came back from that conference saying, man, if I had had a BlackBerry, this would have been so much easier, blah, 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 blah. And so then we started pushing mm-hmm. into, hey, instead of that, can we just get Blackberries for everybody instead of these two-way pagers? And nobody was really calling, right? I mean, yeah, you did make phone calls, but we worked in a call center, so we had plenty of phones around us. But yeah. <laughs> the ability to do your email and do text messaging and stuff on the Blackberries. So that was the kind of the next thing that I got into before I before I kind of got into iPhones and smartphones so well, I guess those were yeah they were sort of smartphones I don't think we'd call them really smart compared to what Android and Apple devices can do today but you know that was the yeah. thing back in the day yeah, yeah they were smarter devices smarter yeah. than regular phones at least so Jason did you talk to us about when you knew you made the right decision to work in tech I have that down in our notes here. So I, I did bring it up, but I, I, there's one specific story that took me years to not tear up when I tell this story. And and this is how passionate we are about about technology, right? I've always loved it from from when I was when I was young. So this story is more of when I knew that I made the right decision, right? So, um, you know, I was going to mention earlier when, you know, you you guys y'all bought the the Palm Pilot. For the uh, uh, for the one employee, you know, we always love to the share technology, right? I'm pretty sure there's the folks in your family that know. Well, when Uncle Greg gets me a gift, I know it's going to be something techy, <laughs> because you know, 
not only do we love technology, we love to share technology, right? Hand so me down. This was best presents ever, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, the the, the cheapest presents. So, <laughs> and they're always really good because we always buy the best, yep. and then we hand those down. So this was this was years after uh, I, I had already been working in technology. I was at Stewart Title. You had given me a promotion, brought me into mobility, and um, this was. It's funny how this worked out because this was literally like within like the first week or two of me uh, uh, moving into uh, uh, mobility instead of just regular tech uh, desktop support. So my job was to walk through some of the most complicated uh, uh, trouble tickets, right? I would get the uh, escalations and stuff. And this one one lady, uh, she was migrating over from her BlackBerry to an iPhone, right? We did, we did the whole rollout. She was one of the, the holdouts that just didn't want to let go of her BlackBerry. I got her on uh, the finally upgrade. I remember the call went smooth, um, set her up. Oh, you can do this, you can do that. She said, okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna learn to love it. You know, I'm gonna work with it. Well, we hung up the, the, the phone, hung up the call. I went on with the rest of my day. Well, that night I got an email saying, I shipped you the old phone that was part of the process, right? You set up your new phone, you send me the old phone and we would dispose of it or, or uh, reassign it or something like that. But in that case, it was a BlackBerry. It wasn't going to be reassigned. We were going to send it to the recycler or something like that. So she emails and she's like, I, I shipped the phone to you. Please call me first thing in the morning. I need to speak to you. Um, I'm like, okay, you know, of course, um, I didn't respond that night because, you know, I was off work. I was just glancing through my work emails and uh, got to got to work, looked at my phone and it was already like several messages. So she had already called before I got a chance to call her back. So um, I got the phone and before I touched it or did anything with it, I called her back and like, hey, I have your phone right here. There was something going on. She says, yes. Uh, I don't know if you remember blackberry used to allow you to save your voicemails directly to the phone oh. and she had a bunch of voicemails from her mom who had passed away a oh. few years before and i said it takes me a while it took me a while to stop tearing up when i tell this story um but it it um she trusted me with those voicemails from her mom i'm like look don't worry about it i'm gonna pop the memory card out we're gonna get these phone these messages converted transferred over and and saved on your iphone because there was no simple way you know the, the yeah. first uh, few iphones uh there was no simple way yeah, to get everybody's thinking phones. well you just hit the share button and it goes and yeah. you and i are going yeah why you no, couldn't no, just no, no, no. you have no idea what it was like <laughs> <laughs> yep yep so i remember taking and this was another reason why i love the job so much too because you were you were so flexible you, you gave me deadlines and stuff but you were so flexible but i was able to spend maybe the first uh, hour or, or two hours with with this lady who was a non-tech person getting those files i had the i had the physical files with me they were on the memory card on the phone they were with me so i had to get them uploaded to my computer get them emailed over to her get them transferred to itunes get them downloaded and and enter her phone because not only did they weren't just messages that she would just listen to like oh, i just want to hear from my, my mom who passed away last year they were motivational messages that she would listen to almost on a daily basis. And um, after that entire process, 
get in the files, you know, email to her, getting them into iTunes, getting them transferred over to her notes, teaching her how to use that, that app to where she can access these files and listen to them on a daily basis like she would. And when, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier, like, uh, you know, being tech superheroes and stuff and keeping our secret identities. <laughs> but as Stuart, I heard this saying so much that I was a hero and I felt like one because I felt really good about, you know, what I, what I did for and I knew that was the moment that I knew I made the right decision. So. You know, and that ties in so much to what we're talking about and what we'd like to do with this podcast, right? Which is getting more out of life. That that this technology yeah. that we have, I just heard a story yesterday on another podcast about Apple potentially creating a journaling app um, where with everything they know about you, they can kind of say, hey, you were here at this time and you can tell it, well, this is what I did. And it's going to start kind of keeping track for you, right, about what mm -hmm. your life was like. Those are the kinds of things where technology can really go in and make it easier for you to keep memories, to remember important things. Like, I don't worry about remembering birthdays anymore because my phone tells me, hey, here's when the birthdays are. <laughs> and this isn't just about yeah. my kids. That's not as, as hard. But if I think about colleagues that I worked with 15 years ago, for example, I'm grateful that my phone will pop up and tell me, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday, and I drop them a text or message on LinkedIn or something like that. And they, yeah. you know, you get to keep those connections. So if I think back, you know, I mentioned that I spent two years in Brazil. I would have loved to have had the technology that missionaries have today because they all have phones. I would have loved to have had that mm -hmm. technology back then to just keep track of everybody I talked to and how to get a hold of them. And back then, most people in Brazil didn't have phones. And the only way I could have continued to communicate with them was through snail mail. You know, today now, my son went on his mission to the Philippines and then to Nashville, but he can still keep, mm -hmm. he can talk to them through his smartphone, not talk literally, but text or social media or whatever the case may be. And so while there are some dangers with those kinds of things, there is so much that people can do with technology that makes their lives better if they'll learn how to use it and control the tech rather than let the tech control them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It is technology is a lot different than it used to be, and it, and it's constantly improving. But we also see those downsides that are that are uh, pretty discouraging. You know, a lot of people uh, say, you know, I'll just rather not deal with it instead of learning to do it the right way or learning how to do it, you know, effectively or efficiently, they'd rather just say, oh, I don't want to deal with technology. I still have my flip phone and it works fine. You know what I mean? Or something to that, to that yeah. nature. And, you know, we kind of want to get people away from that, 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 you know, that way of thinking. Yeah. I told my, a couple of years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I upgraded my mom and my grandma and my grandma was like, I don't want you to change my phone. Like grandma, it's the same operating system that's on your phone today. She doesn't understand what that means. She's just afraid that when I get her the new phone, it's going to be completely different and she's not going to know how to use it. And she's uses it for very simple things. But, um, but those are the kind of things that I think we can help people, uh, you know, overcome. So, I want to talk yeah. about Stuart for a little bit because, you know, like I said, I've always kind of been a tech geek. I love gadgets. I, you know, wanted to do all that kind of stuff. But I think me understanding just how satisfying and how much I could get into tech also happened about the same time with you, right? So, and it wasn't yeah. just the tech thing was the reason that I wanted you in, in that position, but it was also about customer service. And we're going to talk about that at a different point because you and I have a lot to say about 
customer service, but we'll talk a little bit about some of the experiences that we have. But when we first started thinking about moving away from Blackberries to iPhones, this was before they had all of these great management tools where you could program an iPhone for somebody and have it shipped yeah. straight from the carrier, potentially even all programmed and set up and ready to go. And they just basically get it and open the box and turn it on and it switches their number over and all that kind of fun stuff. That's how it is today. But I remember how often we would spend an hour on the phone with a carrier trying to get a phone number switched to a new phone or how we had to move things back and forth. So we didn't have all of those, the great tools that we have today. And it was just so fascinating to try and problem solve, right? For the different things mm -hmm. that we needed to do. And I'm sure we'll get into this at some point, but we created the mobility council, which was all about which cell phones. And that's when we decided that we needed to move from Blackberries to iPhones. And you talk about people not wanting to give up their Blackberries. I always say that we had to pry the Blackberries from their cold dead fingers because they just were absolutely not oh, yeah. gonna give up those Blackberries and they wanted these iPhones. And the executive team struggled with that because we actually had, uh, from a tech standpoint, we actually had an executive team that really, really wanted to use the latest and greatest tech. And I remember our CFO mm -hmm. at one point reaching out to me and saying, hey, I know we can, now that we have this software, we can see, you know, how much, uh, you know, what kind of usage do are folks doing with their phones? What apps, for example, are they putting on their phones? And mm -hmm. he didn't want to know exactly which apps because that's not what we were about monitoring. But he said, you know, people should have, you know, I've got a whole, all kinds of apps on my phone, probably not as many as you. And that was for sure because I think I had hundreds. But he's like, I have like 25 yeah. apps on my phone. So how many apps are everybody putting on their phone? And we'd go look and the number of apps that people had downloaded that didn't come with the phone was like two or three. Yep. And it just it just blew yep. our minds because they didn't understand what else they could be out there doing with these phones. And I'm sure that they don't have that problem now. Um, but this was back in that time frame when we really had to, to work with folks to get them to understand um, what they could do with these devices. And I think that's when I realized that I love the problem solving. I love to try and figure mm -hmm. out how to push a profile out to somebody's phone um, when we didn't have the tools that are available today. I know everybody says, well, yeah, I just go into the admin system and I press a button now. And that was not the case back then. Or like it you wasn't. said about transferring media files from one device to another or helping people get used to a touchscreen versus the, the keyboard on their Blackberries. But that's when I realized that I don't know that I'm into all of the tech, like networking tech. I want my network to be up and running, cover my house and work just fine, right? I don't wanna go in and troubleshoot it. I'm not trying to push it to its limits. But when it comes to smartphones and tablets and things related to stuff that I'm passionate about, like music, for example, right? Those are the kinds of things that mm -hmm. I wanna push to its limits. So for me, it was about that same time that I realized this is something that I'm super passionate about. Now, you know this, my number one passion is always going to be about leadership and developing people and helping people move yeah. on in their careers and all that kind of stuff. So that's never going to change. But, you know, the, the tech stuff, I just realized, yes. And the great thing is, as I said, I like to work with Jason on it because we made a great team. We were able to tackle stuff and yeah. I mean, you got the calls, I got the calls. How often we get a call from an executive in an airport overseas saying, I'm having this problem with my iPad or my iPhone, please fix it right now. And 15 minutes later, we hang up the phone and they're good to go. They're getting on their plane and they're able to 
do the things that they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. That was super cool. But I'm going to tell you the selfish thing for me, the best part about that was we always got the latest and greatest stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a very cool uh, a perk about that job. But <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the best for me. But we did always have the latest and greatest. Yeah, yeah, I, I so, enjoyed and, that. And like you mentioned, you know, it was... Yeah, yeah, it was. It was kind of the Wild West back then when we were, you know, we were we were on that bleeding edge of, of technology, that transition between Blackberries and and and, uh, you know, uh, those type of devices to trying to make everything uniform with an iPhone or and there was still a bunch of Android people that were trying to force their way in. But, you know, we had to learn about this stuff and experiment with this stuff, the devices, the apps and everything before. So when the execs came to you and said, hey, we need to start doing this. We can already know that won't be a good idea. These are the limitations. This is what, you know, uh, uh, what we had to, what we experienced when we tried it out and all of that. So, yeah, it was daily, just pushing every device to its limits and and trying new things and and kind of rigging things to 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 make them work. Which, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk more about this later. But part of the technical issues that we're having. Uh, uh, recording these episodes was because I insist on using my iPad as my main <laughs> driver and I'll never let it go. Just like those old Blackberry people. I just love this device and I have to make sure that I get the most out of it. So, yeah, they're also, I mean, they're expensive too, right? There's no if and yeah. or buts about that, especially if you're going to buy the high end stuff, which for better or for worse, we've kind of both got into this. And when I say that we always had the best and the latest and greatest stuff, there was a real reason for that, right? I mean, I remember talking to my boss and saying, hey, look, there's a new iPad coming out. Mine is just fine, but do you want me to get the new one before the executive team goes out and buys it on their own? <laughs> so that I, so that when they call me and say, hey, I need you to help me with this, I know what I'm de- doing, and his answer was always, yes. Right. And that's why the same thing, especially with the phones, it wasn't so much with the iPads that happened maybe a little after you were there, but um, definitely with the phones, every year there was a new phone coming out and whether we bought it for them or not, they were going to have the latest and greatest phone. They were. And so we needed to be able to support it. I remember when they went to the plus size phones, we knew that was coming and was there going to be a difference? And so that's what I mean by always having the, you know, the latest and greatest is that we needed to have it because we were supporting those executives. And that was a great thing. Mm-hmm. It actually ended up being one of the reasons eventually I got out of support was I was just worn out between working in a call center and then going into support. You know, I was 22 years into my career and had yeah. had a time when I wasn't on call 24 by 7. Now, I loved being the hero oh, yeah. and being able to solve this. And I love the fact that the executives would rely on you and I for this kind of stuff. But just at some point, it just got to be the point where I was like, I don't, I don't want to take that call at you know 11 o'clock at night and try and figure out what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. But I also, you said you're using only your iPad. If I had a choice, I would. I mean, right now I'm using a Mac because that's what I had when I got laid off this last time. Um, iPad is definitely on my wish list, which I'll talk about. But by the time I was done at at Stewart, I only had an iPad. And for the few things that I needed Windows for, I was using RDP technology to go into a virtual machine that sat in the cloud that was more powerful than any laptop they were ever going to hand me. And I was able to use a mouse. Now, 
Today's iPads can actually go in and project and do dual screens and those kinds of things. I couldn't, so I just had my iPad there, but it was yeah. fine, right? I mean, that's when we talk about pushing things to its limits, I was doing Windows work on my iPad in a professional environment and it was perfect. And I remember one time I went to DocuSign for, to work on some software with them. We were a customer of theirs and they had invited us out. And I walk in with my mm -hmm. iPad and set it up and they're like, what are you doing? Where's your laptop? I'm like, it's right here. <laughs> like, well, yep. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm like, yeah, about 90% of everything I do, I'll do right here. And But what if you need something more? I just click on this button right here and I have my virtual environment and my mouse navigates it just fine. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and that's what we love, you know, it's not so much showing off, you know, but I always like to get that, that wow factor, you know, like, wow, you can do all of that from this device. You can do all of that from your phone. You can do that from an iPad. Yes. Let me show you how. And, and that's how, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the, the role that we play in everyone's lives that we, we encounter. You know what I mean? We always play that role of, you know, yes, I can do that. Let me show you how to do it. Right. You can do it too. Well, and we're going to cover that. So if, if some of you out there listening are thinking, I need that episode, we'll get to it. Feel free to send us some feedback and I'll share here in just a minute how you can tell us what topics you'd like us to cover. But we want to have an episode that's how do you choose which device is best for you? How do you choose the best phone for you? How do you choose the best iPad for you? How do you choose the best Mac for you? And again, a lot of Apple focus here, but Jason's into home tech, so we will have some episodes on home technology and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. there's a lot of that. Yep. I mean, if I could if I could have more control, like um, my in-laws are on Android phones. If I could, if I really wanted to help them, I'd make sure they switched over to an iPhone because I can support that better. Um, but like my grandma's on a Mac. And if I had a better understanding a few years ago of what she was gonna use the Mac for, I might've told her, you don't need a Mac. We'll just get you a, a iPad because she can't really do a whole lot with the iPad to hurt herself, right? It's gonna be less prone to spyware and you know some of those kinds of things. But it's also just simple. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that I think we're gonna find. And all of these things that we have figured out, we knew which executives to tell them, yes, you can do everything you wanna do on an iPad, or no, you can't, or you need this particular accessory versus this one in order to do what you're trying to do. So that's something I hope that everybody will reach out to us and say, hey, I'm in this situation, can you give me some advice? Probably. <laughs> so, but we just need you to share the situation with us, so. Oh, it's gonna, we're going to cover more episodes than that. You know, we're going to have things like we mentioned earlier, the parental controls. Uh, we're going to uh, talk about home automation. We said we're going to do a video game episode. We're going to we're going to cover the whole gambit of technology. So even if you're not the uh, like I say, the, the family geek or just so far into technology, there'll, there'll be something for you, too. Agreed. So, Jason, how about we take a break for a second and I talk to folks about how they can share the podcast and stuff like that. We've been at, we're an hour in. Oh yeah. That <laughs> so, sounds good. Yeah. We're going to have to control ourselves because I think we could talk about this kind of stuff for hours on end. So I do. We need to learn when to cut it off and create a different episode. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we know these first few episodes will be a little bit longer. Now we're going to launch two kind of unique launch episodes. And then our third one will be a typical episode. And I think we're targeting maybe an hour ish 
for our normal shows and they'll have structure and all that kind of stuff. This one's a little more um, freeform, but all right, let me, let me uh, share a bit here. So we would love for you to share this podcast out with others. And if you're listening on a mobile device and a podcast player, look for the share button, which is usually a square with an arrow pointing out of it. It's kind of the norm that everybody's come on to now and hit, uh, hit that and use text or email to send it off to someone in your circle that could benefit. Now, we'd also love to get feedback on the show, suggestions for topics, questions, and all of that, except for the criticisms about the audio <laughs> and the video, because again, that's not what we're focused on. We'll get there. Now, you can yeah. submit that feedback by emailing g the number four f at mtnebo.consulting.com. That's Mount Nebo Consulting or by going to www.mountnebelconsulting.com slash G, the number four F feedback. We'll put links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Eventually, maybe we'll simplify how to do all of that kind of stuff, but that's just how we're going to get starting. Um, and then also on that website, the mountnebelconsulting.com, that's where we're going to publish our show notes. So all of the kind of the topics, not the actual transcript yet, because we're not that fancy, but like some of the topics that we've covered and resources that you can go to, all of that kind of stuff out there. Just a quick note on that website so you don't think that you're going somewhere that's totally different from what we're trying to do with this podcast. Mountain Ebo Consulting, that's my personal business. Um, so for now, everything's kind of linking up underneath that as we grow and expand and get more sophisticated. We'll consider moving things out on their own. I'm sure there will be a time when we want to do that, but we didn't want to keep delaying the start of this podcast. That's what happens when, frankly, that's what's happened to us. I mean, this has been years in the making yeah. and even for the last almost six months, we've been trying to get serious about getting it done. And so we're just now getting to it. So um, we're trying to keep things yeah. simple for now. So be patient. We'll get there. So this concept, Jason, for our final topic here today and uh, is gadgets versus tools. So I'm going to tell you what I think a gadget is versus what a tool is, and then you can kind of weigh in on that and tell me your opinion. But for me, a gadget mm -hmm. is something new and cool that maybe I don't really need, right? It's something that it's interesting. I enjoy it. You know, like all of those different versions of cell phones that I went through, did I really need to try 10 different form factors of a cell phone? No, but they were gadgety, right? <laughs> I, ju <laughs> I just not. wanted to, yeah. I wanted to try it. So if I think about, that's the fun side of it. When I think about tools, like if I think about my business, I don't mm -hmm. want gadgets that are on the bleeding edge that may or may not work the way I want them to, right? I want tools yeah. that are solid, that I'm comfortable using. And I'll just give you one example. So most people that run a small business are gonna use Google or something like that for their core suite of technology mm -hmm. tools for email, for document management, storage, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I grew up in our support world, which is all the Microsoft world, right? So yeah. I don't exactly, wanna go yeah. fiddle with the Google stuff and learn how to use it. And it's about the same price as the Microsoft stuff. So I use what would be considered more large business tools instead of what most people mm -hmm. in small businesses do. But it's because I see Word and Excel and Exchange and the to-do tools as tools, not as cool, gadgety kind of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense. And, and you know, I... I'm kind of the same way. I really don't differentiate the two because you can still 
have your small business or your medium-sized business and still have some pretty cool gadgets to go along to help you along the way. And and I agree, a tool is something to help you get the job done and a gadget is more recreational. But I think in, in this day and age, especially with devices that have multi-purposes, right? Your phone can be your calendar. We come from a day and age where we used to have to have a separate calendar and a separate you know, and, and, and keep a notepad, a memo pad and, and all of that. So I think we kind of shifted from, you know, having to carry multiple devices to having one or two main devices, but learning how to, to separate those things on those devices, using things yeah. like focus uh, features and, and things like that to, to be able to, to shift focus to work and then, okay, and now I'm at home, it's time to relax. Now I can shift and being able to, to, change those gadgets to suit those needs. Yeah. So I, I but I, I do agree with you though. It is, it is, uh, uh, you, you should separate your, your work tools and your, and your gadgets, your, your home tools. But you know, just nowadays it's just all kind of wrapped up together. Well, also think about when we were working together, right? I mean, we mm -hmm. wanted the fun things because we wanted to be able to take yep. those to the mobility council or, propose those to management and say, hey, this may seem like it's not a necessity, but we've been playing with it for the last three weeks. And let me tell you why we think you want this. So it started out as a gadget yeah. and we figured out how to push it to its limits. If I think about the fact that I was working on an iPad connected to a virtual environment, that was, mm -hmm. was it a tool? Yeah, but is it the tool that I really needed? Maybe, maybe not. But did I absolutely love it being a gadget and being the gadget that I used all the time? Yes, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of how I see this. The, the challenge that I have when I stepped out of that tech role, right, was that mm -hmm. I ran out of time to play with gadgets, to figure them out yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And you know this running your business and I know this running my business and even trying to figure out the logistics around this podcast, we struggled with, well, we want to do all of these really, really cool things. Yeah, but maybe we're going to start with the basic stuff because yep. otherwise we'll never get it off the ground. Exactly, exactly. It's having that time to tinker. And and I think you and I, are, we're on the same page with that because that's exactly at around the same time when I started viewing it differently. When I didn't have time to tinker around with it and I needed it to just work, um, I didn't want a subscription. Uh, like the same with Google, you know, I don't want to go through and figure out how to link everything. All of this is built into my phone already. Apple already gave it to us. So, you know, we use other tools outside of the uh, Apple ecosystem, but we want stuff to just work when we need it to work, not have to figure out. We don't need 50 settings. We don't need 50 adjustments to, to get things to work. You know, we just kind of, we have a job to do. This is the app or the, uh, the, the program that I'm going to use to get the job done. So yeah. it's not having that time to tinker around with it that they kind of shifted my focus to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still love gadgets, right? And if I had mm -hmm. the resources and the time, sure, I'd fiddle around with a lot of things, right? But like, you know, you we were joking around before we started recording today that my current iPad is an iPad mini and I've had to replace it like two or three times because it either 
went for yeah. a swim or the screen went out or I had some other issue with it. And, you know, before I, I might have taken advantage of that and said, well, I'm going to start over from scratch. I'm not going to restore from a backup or, you know, figure out, oh, I want to try mm -hmm. out a different form factor or a different device or something like that. But both times I had to go through that. I was like, no, no, no. How, what is the quickest way I can go from having a non-functional device to right. the device that I had, right? Doing all of the things that I wanted and needed it to do. And I don't know that I would have done that back when you and I were working on this stuff together. I might've said, no, nah, I want to try something different or I'm going to go from scratch just to see what that's like. And no, now I'm like, nope, uh, who can ship it to me fastest? Amazon, Best Buy, or Apple? And, um, <laughs> yep. oh, it's under warranty. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, can you ship that to me? Well, if you'll take it into no, 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 no. I paid for the warranty so that you could ship it to yep. me in advance. So please do that. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you'll have it in two days. Great. And two days later, I have it. I hit the restore button, and an hour later, it's back to the way it was, and I'm happy. I didn't have to explore. I didn't have to figure it out. I didn't have to tinker with it. Right. I just wanted it to go back and work. And that's more of where I fall today and is because i just don't have the time right now to to fiddle with it and say ah oh, maybe i'll go explore an android mm -hmm. tablet or uh, maybe i'll try and do my reading on a kindle and do everything else on an ipad and while that sounds interesting to me i just go yeah i don't, I don't have i don't have the drive or the time to do that right now yep yeah yeah same here so and like i said we'll we'll, we'll talk more about the uh, technical difficulties but I think part of my problem is, you know, I want to limit the devices that I use. Like now, we're trying to podcast, you know, if I just count all the devices that I have, just so you can hear and see me, it's too much for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I know I have to make some concessions. I have to get used to certain things. But, you know, I have my iPad. I'm, uh, the iPad is sharing a monitor, which I really love that feature. You guys, if you don't know that your iPad Pro has external monitor support, then you have to look into that because it is really cool. So I can actually have four different apps open plus the app open on my iPad and I can have a picture in picture window. So you can really be productive on this thing. And I like that it does so much, but I'm happy to have the zoom meeting on my iPhone and speaking to an external microphone and have my external keyboard sitting here. And I have a USB-C hub and my AirPod in this ear. And it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. I'll get used to it. <laughs> I, so just so everybody knows that gadget bug is not out of me because I, right now I'm using a Mac, which does make what Jason and I are trying to do a bit easier. So I've got my Mac open. I've got a big monitor. I've got my portable 4K monitor, which we'll talk about at some point. Best One of the best purchases that I've made. I've got my iPhone going as a camera, my Logitech webcam going, an external microphone, the headphones on, my iPad sitting right here in case I need it. So that I agree is too much, um, but at least I have the, the bandwidth to do it and it's making a little bit of this stuff easier. But the gadget bug, yeah. that part of me has never gone away because there's part in the back of my mind saying, you should be able to do all of this with the iPad, the iPhone, and the microphone and the microphone only because I want a, a better yeah. thing. I don't need multiple monitors. I shouldn't need multiple monitors. I shouldn't need all of these cameras. So there's still that part of me that says, 
maybe at some point, Jason, we'll start doing some challenges where you or I challenge each other to do something and to push technology beyond its limits. I think that'll be really cool. I still have that bug. I still want to do that. And then I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have the time or energy for that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're going to figure it out right here we on are. this podcast. We're going to figure out how to do really high-quality podcasts from an iPad only and a microphone and maybe an external camera. Fingers crossed for WWDC. Maybe we get some external camera support for the uh, the iPad Pros. Yep. Well, here here's the thing. So at least right now, so this is the first of our launch episodes that we're recording. We know that our next episode is going to be our tech kit. So I kind of gave you a preview here, but we're going to dive deep and talk about the favorite pieces of tech we have right now, what's on our wish list. But the prototype episode we're going to do, um, which we'll call episode one, is going to be part of it, at least, is going to be what we want to see out of WWDC. So I know I've already started making yep. a list. And for those of you that don't know, that's Apple's developer conference. That's where they talk about the new versions of the operating systems, which Jason and I always have this debate back and forth about how soon we install the betas to start testing the new stuff. Um, so yep. Yep. if that, that'll be one of these episodes that launches within the first week or so of this podcast going out. So you'll want to watch for that if that's at all what you are interested in. And that's, I think, where we're going to start... Sh- the the geek in us is gonna start coming out right because the devices can do the basic things we want them to do we can take phone calls we can send messages we can do video we can do pictures of amazing cameras but now we want to tar- tar- start talking about those extra features that we want to have that says well i can go this far but if you could just do this then i could go this much further right and um yeah. i i mean i remember traveling at one point and i had a laptop a big iPad, a small iPad, and my phone all in my backpack at the same time. I mean, that's kind of what you and I had to do. We didn't have a whole lot of choice about that kind of stuff because we needed the devices to provide support and our main computers were still our main computers. And then it gradually we got to where I had the yeah. big iPad and the little iPad and the phone and all that kind of stuff. So the the gadget geek is still in there. I've just gotten good at suppressing him because, you know, I have to live life. So otherwise, honestly, if I just yeah. let that go, if I didn't have to work for a living and had unlimited resources to play with tech, I could get lost. I'd get lost in tech so fast it wouldn't even be funny. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So you mentioned like uh, about using the betas. You know, we did have that debate a lot. And, you know, going back to uh, to our topic about when did it stop being you know, we switched from recreational to a tool or from a gadget to a tool. Um, I remember those last few years, we were iffy about putting those betas on our main device because we were like, we can't lose access to this. We can't afford for this app to break because when they, when that exec calls or that or anyone that calls, you know, even if it's just a secretary or, or just anyone at any level in the company calls, we had to be able to get the job done. And remember some of those betas, they would absolutely wreck your phone for three or four copies or three or four iterations of that beta until it started getting usable again. So we started carrying around separate devices just for the betas. And and yeah. uh, and, and that was, again, one, one phone too many or one iPad too many because you know my thing. I don't like to carry around multiple devices. and uh, But ha- having to carry around two iPads and two iPhones was uh, was a bit of a hassle. But, 
you know, we had to, it was our jobs to, to learn what yep. new features are coming out and how would they affect the different systems and stuff we use. It really didn't bother us as a hassle back then, though. Because. No, no, because we loved it. People were expecting <laughs> us to do it, right? We were like, they're like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. You need to test that. Please make sure that the beta works before we have people implement it because we could tell people not to put the new version of the operating system on day one but half of the executive team would have done yeah. it anyway right so and they did so yeah, and it would always to... break it would always remember a few weeks after the the general release after the release would come out it still was breaking apps so we still were two weeks in telling people don't upgrade don't upgrade and yep. they're like i want this feature i want because apple would make yeah. it so tempting to it's out now. Just all you have to do is plug it to iTunes and upgrade. They would make it so tempting, and we would always have to say, no, just wait, just wait. If you do this, it's going to break that. If you do this, you won't be able to log into this app or this app. And Yeah, it was a lot of that. Things are a lot smoother now. Things are a lot better, yeah. especially with the public betas and stuff. It is, but at the same time, I don't install the betas very often. It's very, very late in the beta cycle when I install them just because... I don't want to deal with it if something does break, right? I mean, back in that time yeah. frame, it was our job yeah. to deal with that. And it was our job to know what was going to break because somebody was going to do it anyway. Yeah. And now with my personal stuff, I don't. One of the hopes that I have for the podcast, so I'll just share this with the audience right now. One of the hopes that I have for this podcast mm -hmm. is that we can find those that need our help and that there are enough of you then then I can go back to starting to justify putting the betas on on day one, right? So that for all yeah. of you listening, yeah. by the time we get to the Golden Master release or the actual release, we experience the pain for you and go through that, but that can be part of what we need to do. I, I, can't, I can't do it just to do it because I've got other things I wanna be working on, but if there's enough people out there mm -hmm. that are relying on us to be their eyes and their ears and to be the experimenters and to take the hit, then I hope we get to that point. I would love to get to that point where we could get back to doing that and you and I could coordinate this kind of stuff. Yes, it's we're not necessarily supporting the executive team, but I'd love to be able to be the ones that you, the listeners, rely on for us to come back and say, you know what? We think the beta is now safe. So if you really want this one feature, it's stable for now, all of the legal disclaimers included, right? It's stable right now. You're yeah. safe to install yeah. it or to be able to tell you, look, it doesn't matter how badly you want that feature. Do not touch this beta because you see this phone right here. It's a really expensive paperweight because it broke everything on it. You don't want to go through that. <laughs> I would love to get to the point where you and I can do that again for this audience. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and that's one of my goals too. I would, I would love to get back to that level. But speaking of not supporting executive teams, I think we kind of do. You know, when my daughter, you know, when her iPad is not working or some app is constantly crashing, I feel the same fear that I had whenever one of our CEOs or something didn't have an app that didn't work. You know, she's just seven years old. So, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm still ex I'm still supporting the executive team. And we'll get into this at some point, too. But some of it is safety as well. Right. I mean, all yeah. of the ability to track and keep track of things and if they're lost to go into lost mode and to be able to do that with more than just your phones, with all of these gadgets that are part of the same ecosystem, 
there's part of that that I want for my kids that I'm responsible for, right? I mean, even my son that's in Houston at college, I'm still paying for his cell phone bill. It's still on there. I want him to have mm -hmm. certain things on that phone so I don't have to worry about it getting lost and somebody hacking into it and getting into his Apple ID or into yeah. my Apple card or whatever the case may be, right? So yeah, you're right. I mean, the it, they may not be the executives that are paying our paychecks, right? In this case, they actually do the opposite. They take our paychecks. But um, it's still <laughs> yeah. just as important to us and to them to have gadgets that work, right? Otherwise, they're yeah. not getting what they want to get out of life, right? Because you're not going to find any kids, grandkids today that don't want to have technology be a major part of their lives. There's just not much of that out there. I guess maybe on some of these shows that I've watched about homesteaders that live out in the middle of nowhere, completely off grid, that might be the one exception with this kind of stuff. But in, in our world today, kids, grandkids, everybody's going to have this tech. Grandparents need to know how to deal with it. Parents need to know how to deal with it. Aunts, uncles, everybody else. Even if you're not the most tech savvy, you need to be able to understand what's going on. You need to be able to know what are some of the things that you can do to protect the youth, right? Coming up, things like pornography are so prevalent in the world today. And this these smart devices that yeah. everybody has, it's just so easily accessible. The last time I looked, and this was years ago, hopefully it yeah. hasn't gotten any worse, but the average age of exposure, first exposure to pornography is eight years old. I mean, I didn't even know what pornography That's is for a long time, right? Because you had to go out and look for it, right? And so yeah. if, if I think about what we're hoping to accomplish, and if you're listening to this episode and saying, do I want to keep listening? We want to help you and those around you get the most out of your tech safely get the most out of your tech, control your tech and not let it control you. I'm an adult. I can choose how much YouTube I watch. I have a timer set that yeah. tells me that I've watched X number of minutes of YouTube today. Can I override it? Yes. Do I override it a lot? Yes. But I have something that pops up that says, Hey, do you know you've been watching YouTube videos? I've been watching a lot of BattleBots videos lately, which are really fascinating to watch those $25,000 <laughs> robots destroy each other. But I also do a lot of camping and stuff like yeah. that. But I had that timer pop up. I'm an adult. My son, uh, at one point I asked him if he wanted me to remove some of the parental restrictions that I have on his phone. He's 18 now. And I asked if he wanted me to remove yeah. some yeah, of those he, parental he restrictions. 18, yeah. He's like, no, he says, I want to leave some of those on because I want to control the tech instead of having it control me. So those are the yeah. kind of lessons that I hope Smart we move. can teach and that we can discuss with you. And when you have questions, again, use those feedback channels to come back to us and tell us what you'd like us to talk about, even if it's not a full episode topic. If you just have a question that says, hey, you just mentioned that you have a timer set on how much you use YouTube. Can you tell me how to turn that on? Yep, sure can, happy to. Yep. I can also tell you how to turn it on for your kids or your grandkids and how they won't be able to get past it. We can work on that kind of stuff too. And all of those things are important. This should not be a free for all. Technology should not control us. We shouldn't be able to do anything and everything we want to do with technology because there's real consequences that go along with that. There are, there are, especially addiction. You know, it's, it's so easy to not just be addicted to technology, but be addicted to certain apps like TikTok and, and Facebook and things like that. And, you know, it's not, 
it's not saying that we want to parent parents and, and, you know, and tell them how much their kids should be on TikTok and, and things like that. But we at least want to let you know that there's options to where you can control and you can limit things like that. That's right. I, I was saying I do have a, a bit of a, a technology addiction, but, you know, hopefully we can do things for you, like let you know, like, hey, you know, instead of you running out and buying this device, that there's not much difference between that and the device that you currently have, or right. at least tell you these are the differences. And if those differences are enough for you to pay that difference between either selling or, uh, or you know, uh, trading up your old device and the new device, if those differences are worth it, then go ahead. But if they're not, then, you know, just be patient. Maybe make, wait for the next version or something like that. Right. So, you know, not just addiction to applications and stuff like that, but just addiction to technology, period. You know, we yeah, kinda, I mean, we, we're not we, going to make want to help you with that. We're not going to make any decisions for you. But hopefully we'll give you tools no, and information not. that you can make the decision that's right for you. And so, you know, if your teenager comes running to you and says, uh, you just bought them the, an iPhone last year, and now they come running to you and saying, well, this one's got this one extra feature, and I have to have it. You know, we can help you figure out what that really means, and is there something else you can do with it? You still have to decide whether you're going to buy it for them or not, but we can help with that information. Yep. And, yep. you know, the addiction thing, I uh, there was a game. I don't even remember what it was called anymore. I've had to put it that far out of my head, but there was a game that came out on platforms years and years and years ago. And it wasn't a graphic, it wasn't like Legend of Zelda, you know, graphic intensive, mm -hmm. super awesome game. It was a really simple game where you merged planets or whatever the case. I can't remember what it was. I love this game. Mm -hmm. And I would get playing it for hours and hours and hours. And so finally I had to throw it out because I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Well, they came out with a version on the phone. And I was, when we were working downtown in Houston, and I was riding the bus home. I thought, oh, I'm just going to play this for a few minutes on the bus and see if it's any good. And um, yeah, I started playing it. And the next thing I knew, I was at the end of the bus route. Now, that's where I had to get off, luckily. Otherwise, I would have completely missed my stop. But I realized, <laughs> what was that yeah. bus commute? You know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. I realized that I hadn't even realized where I was because I was just so focused on that game. And I deleted it. And I've never touched it since because I don't want technology to control me that way. So hopefully we'll be able to, if any of you are struggling with that kind of stuff, we'll give you some tips or tricks. But I will tell you one thing that I tell on my leadership podcast as well. Um, there are certain things that we can't help with. And if you have challenges with addiction, well, on the leadership podcast, I talk about if you have challenges with depression or anxiety or any of those kinds of things, this podcast is not designed to deal with that kind of stuff. You need to get real no. help, right? Get the professional help you need. There are people with degrees. They are well aware with what technology does to our brains. They can help you work through figuring out how to get back to where the technology can manage you, or excuse me, where you can manage the technology to get away from the technology managing you. They can help you get to that point. We can give you tips, tools, tricks, how to set parameters on your phones and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, if you really need help, please go get it. Don't count on us for that. Go out and get that help that you need. Right. Right, right. We're not professionals. And, uh, you know, technology addiction is still kind of new for everyone. We're all seeing it in real time, the long-term effects that it has. And, and, and the ways to identify that in our children and stuff like that. We're all still learning this together. So, But there are professionals that are 
far more ahead of, of, of the curve than we are. So give it one of those. And, you know, maybe we can we can get some of those resources and stuff to share uh, on, on some of the episodes, too, when we go into those those topics to uh, to get the people the help that they need. Yeah, just maybe the last thing I'll mention on that topic is uh, the state of Utah passed legislation recently that raised the age from 13 to 16, I think it is, to where uh, a, a young person can accept terms and conditions like for social media. Um, so you have to okay. be a little bit older. And there are a crazy number of studies out there that are talking about the challenges with mental illness that are coming because of social media so if you don't think this is a problem yeah it is you know people in your life that are struggling with uh self-identity with um, self-respect uh, confidence or any of those kinds of things because of social media so we want to help but we are not the professionals um if there's somebody that's really struggling out there please get the help and like i said if you if you don't know where to turn send us a note and we'll try and find some resources for you. We we won't be able to help with that kind of stuff, but we can try and find resources for you. Yeah. I think we're both good at that. We're not professionals, but we can uh we can definitely find someone the the resources and stuff they need. Yeah. Yeah, we'll work on that. So well, that's it for today. Hopefully this episode has piqued your interest. We are extremely passionate about tech and want to share that passion and the things we have learned and that we'll continue to learn with you. So don't forget to hang out for the post show. Jason, don't hang up on me because I'm sure you want to hear this story. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sick so of hang out. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow the show and share it with others. There should be a couple of episodes available right now in your podcast player. And we'll hope you check those out. Give them a listen if you haven't already. Follow Gadgets for Families on Twitter or Instagram for future episodes. That's where we'll notify folks that we've dropped an episode. And we'll share more about what we're trying to do there. So until then, I'll say see you later. Jason? Um, Something cool. Yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> I don't we'll have, have a cool sign-off at some point. <laughs> like the, this is Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah. Right? We'll... If anybody remembers who Paul Harvey was, so. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'll have something better next time. Okay, so Jason, I had an experience last weekend that I think you're mm -hmm. going to find interesting, and I might have to buy a new gadget. Actually, no, I don't. It's not a might. I'm going to have to buy a new gadget. So, okay. So here's the deal. And this one's really is a gadget and it's not super expensive, although you can get them that are crazy expensive. But here's the, um, so camp trailers, right? I mean, I live in Utah, so most of the winter it stays below freezing. Even during the day, it's below freezing, right? And it can get to negative temperatures. And so when you think about a camp trailer that you're not using, you've got to winterize the plumbing system. Yeah. So there's, Two pieces to doing that. You turn on a bypass so that the hot water heater is isolated, and you just basically drain the hot water heater. It leaves a little bit in there, but it's not going to be enough that if it freezes, it's going to break anything or cause any pressure. And eventually, because I live in a desert, it evaporates out. And then the other yeah. piece is you actually have to flush out the plumbing system. 
And similar to a house, I mean, there's all kinds of bends and all of that kind of stuff in the plumbing system. And so there's two ways you can do it. You can flush yeah. it out with air. The water just sits in there. Yeah. You can flush it out with air. You screw this little adapter, stick your compressor on it, and it blows everything out because you do it in your fresh water intake. Or you actually put okay. a special kind of antifreeze in, which is a non-toxic. You can actually taste this antifreeze, and it's fine. You put this non-toxic stuff in there. So okay. we had that done. and I never heard after, of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually pink, um, and it's RV antifreeze, says non-toxic. When you're done with it, you actually don't have to sanitize the pipes. You can just flush them out and start using them again. Mm -hmm. You just have to basically you run enough water through to where there's no pink coming out of the faucets, and then you're good to go. And that's great for, like, we hadn't winterized before we went on Thanksgiving, before we went to southern Utah. And I just got to southern Utah because mm -hmm. it wasn't freezing cold there, ran water through the system, and I was good to go. And then before I left St. George, I rewinterized it so that by the time I got back to the freezing temperatures up here, it wasn't going to cause issues. So that's really good if you're going to yeah. do this back and forth. So, well, anyway, so last weekend was the Saturday that I decided I would go dewinterize the trailer. And that includes, actually, you do want to sanitize, at least once a year, you want to sanitize the whole system. So for the plumbing, you actually mm -hmm. put a... Um, it's about a cup of Clorox total that I would put in my system. And then you fill the, the water tank up. It's like 50 gallons, so it dilutes that Clorox, right? And then you run it through the plumbing system. You run it until the taps, you can smell the chlorine. And then you shut everything down and you leave it sit for 12 hours. So anything that was growing, okay. you know, any of that kind of stuff is going to kill it all. Yeah. And then for the yeah, hot water it. heater... The, you can't put the antifreeze in there and you don't want to put Clorox in there because it reacts with the aluminum and in that hot water heater because it's not PEX, right? It's actually a yeah. metal tank. And so what you do with that... It corrode and all of that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But you want to get the calcium and all the deposits that form out because nobody wants to mm. have that kind of stuff in there. So you pour a couple of gallons of vinegar in the hot water heater and then you fill it... Mm -hmm turn it off and you let it sit for 12 hours and it breaks up all of that stuff and then you flush it out so okay but to give you an understanding hot water heater is six gallons so it's about this big around right so you know it's six yeah. gallons i know i'm we're on video and i'm showing jason but you know it's about 12 inches in diameter but the entry for the water to come out and where you flush it is half an inch so and that's one entry point and then there's two quarter inch entry points on the back end where the cold water comes in and the hot water goes out mm -hmm. into the rest of the rv so you know i did all of this and it's seven o'clock saturday night because you let it sit for 12 hours i'm in there and we're flushing out the plumbing system and in order to get the calcium deposits to settle on the bottom of the hot water tank you use what's called a flushing wand it's just a thin it's almost like a pressure wash wand kind of thing and you put it in there and okay. you turn it around and it sprays off the sides and you see all of this white deposit stuff which is the calcium that it's broken off it comes out yeah so i'm sitting there doing that and then all of a sudden i look down and that wand had busted off and was nowhere to be found oh okay so what had happened because you're putting water in 
and it's going through that wand, mm-hmm. it had busted off, and I'm assuming I haven't figured, I haven't confirmed yet, but I'm assuming that it shot it's it in the into system. the hot water heater. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not going to make the, it the out in the system now. Yeah, it's not going to make it out into the plumbing, but it's sitting in that hot water tank. And remember, the largest opening I have to see into that hot water heater is only a half inch in diameter. Yeah. Yeah. So And you cannot leave it in there because unlike your hot water tank at home that gets to 110, 120 degrees, something like that, mm-hmm. hot waters in RVs are designed to get as hot as possible safely and then shut off. So they are way yeah. hotter than that. So I don't know if the plastic is yeah. going to melt. And you have an electric heating element that sits in there that you wouldn't want the plastic to touch. And you have a tube, yeah. if you're using propane to heat it, it's just basically a hollow tube that runs through the middle of it. You also wouldn't want that plastic to touch that thing. So I can't use the hot water heater if that's in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I'm assuming you're not gonna replace the hot water heater. So we well, think in one of those little gadgets with the camera. Yeah. The with the camera on it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> nice. I went online. I went online and did a search for this and it got tons of hits. So this is a flaw in the product, mm-hmm. right? I saw multiple people okay. said I had the same problem. And so the recommendation was to buy a boroscope, a waterproof boroscope. And then the other okay, recommendation the was it, to get, they're almost like uh, surgical clamps that are about 12 inches long and super, super, mm-hmm. super thin, right? So that I can stick the boroscope, okay. which is going to take up like three quarters of that half inch thing and hopefully stick those pincers mm-hmm. in alongside it, use the camera to find that thing floating, and then hopefully be able to grab it real fast as it floats past Or hopefully I can get all the water out and it'll just settle on the bottom of the tank and I can see it and I can angle the pincers down, grab it off the bottom of the tank and pull it out. Yeah. So, and I've seen those with the, we use the iPhone as the screen. Yep. And you, and and so they have an app and, and all of that. Have you ordered one? I have three of them in my cart on Amazon right now. And I just need to okay. decide which one to buy. I kind of want to buy the one that's got, all of them have an attachment that's a hook, a magnet, and uh, a mirror so that you could kind of see the sides and stuff like that. So all of them have that, yeah. but one of them yeah. has one of those tools that's like a little line with a spring and you push it and the claws come out and then when you retract it, the yep, claws pull back those. and it grabs yep. onto something. But the problem is the camera is eight millimeters, which is uh, half an inch is 12.2 millimeters. Mm-hmm. So the camera is already eight millimeters. What are the odds that that little grabber tool is going to be less than four millimeters? Yeah. So, so you're going to have to get one with the with the little teeth on it yeah yeah but i don't those are like ridiculously expensive and then they have a remote uh uh joystick that you can move the cameras around so i'm thinking i'm going to get the one that's a little better quality it's a depth tech 
one. It's got like 4,500 mm-hmm. ratings on Amazon, 4.2. So I think I'm going to get that because I could also use it. It won't be just for this. I can use it to look in the underbelly because it's sealed. So I can use it to look in the underbelly mm-hmm. to see if I've got, you know, water leaking or any of that kind of stuff. And RVs are so compact that you can't see in all of the spaces, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking that I'll have to probably put the camera in one end and put the tool or something in the other end and try and do it that way. But anyway, so they've said that they've been able yeah. to get it out. You run a little bit of water through it. You wait till it flo- floats past the entrance and then you grab it and pull it out. Okay. So that's going to be my experience over the next week or so. Now, luckily this happened because when it did, I went to ch- went inside to check the back of the water heater because that's underneath the kitchen mm-hmm. counter to check the back of it. And there's actually a small leak um, coming from the bypass valves from when you winterize it. So I've got to pull okay. the pecs off and, you know, put new pipe on and stuff like that. And I wouldn't have noticed that leak if I hadn't um, gone back. Is it to leaking check, from so. the joint? Yeah. Yeah. Is it leaking from the joint or is it leaking yeah. from like the pecs actually split? No, it's leaking okay, from, from one the one clamps. Of the both sides of the the valve that's in the center i think it's because i was twisting it Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what was going in and again when you drive when you pull an rv you're driving down the road at 75 miles an hour so there's hurricane force winds hitting that trailer and vibrating it all the time yeah so so you know by the time we record episode two or maybe by the time we launch i'll uh have a new gadget (laughs) yeah and hopefully so it's hopefully be able to get that out yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. I hope you were able to, to take care of that without getting a new water heater, because that's, yeah, you don't want to use that with that with that plastic in there. The other thing that I may have to do if I can't find it, because it could have lodged, you know, in that big round pipe or whatever the case may be, is I may have to actually take it out and turn it upside down, and get it to fall down towards mm-hmm. the entrance. So I may have to do that. That's another thing I could do. And luckily. It's not like your home water heater with this kind of stuff. The worst thing to do is, the worst thing you have to deal with is to make sure you get the gas connection done right when you put it back together. But other yeah. than that, it's just a bunch of screws yeah. and yeah. you pull it out and fiddle with it. So, but yeah, I don't want to, a new water heater is about 450 bucks. I probably could install it myself. Um, but yeah. with right now, the labor rates for um, RV mechanics are anywhere from north of $175 an hour. <laughs> so Really? Wow. Yeah. Cuz I I know we talked about you, you know, dipping your toe into that, but yeah, it sounds like I need to stop with the popcorn and start with RV maintenance. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> I'm still considering it, so Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's my story from last Saturday. Now, you know me, I kind of freak out about that kind of stuff. I want to solve those problems. Yeah like right then and there, I actually walked away after that happened. We looked around, thought maybe it had blown out somewhere, tried to flush some water through it. And then I went, you know what? It's eight o'clock at night on Saturday. I can't solve these problems now. I can't, I'm not gonna solve it on Sunday. So I just kind of walked yeah. away and I felt okay about it. It caused me to lose sleep because then my brain started doing what my brain does, which is try and figure out how I'm gonna solve the problem. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so I think I'll have a boroscope and maybe some clamps or a pincer tool or something like that to um to you know, 
get that thing out. I could, if I was had my real job, you know, if I had the real job with mm-hmm. the steady paycheck and everything coming in, I might just take advantage of this mm-hmm. and rip that hot water heat out and put in tankless because they now have tankless water heaters yep. for RVs. So you have endless hot water. Six gallons doesn't last, you know, very long at all, but I would take yeah, advantage of yeah. that. But those things are, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the few times that I've ran into that issue, well, we had an issue with the water heater. Every time I'm like, I'm just going to disconnect everything and go tankless. But the fix is always like three or $4, right? Yeah. One time, one of the intake, the, the valve was leaking, went to Home Depot. It was like three fifty. So like I said earlier when you mentioned, you know, when we get mad at technology, our first instinct is like, I'm going to get rid of this thing and get the latest yep. and greatest. But man, how do you... How do you go from a few thousand bucks to three fifty at Home Depot? You know, another yeah. time it was the the thermocouple, uh, easy fix. I looked at a few YouTube videos, really easy fix. It was like seven fifty or something like that. But my yeah. first instinct was like, yes, I could get to go tankless finally. You know, for my right. little house, that little tankless thing will be perfect. You know, but seven fifty versus a few thousand bucks. You know, I just I, I had to. Had to make the right, the dad call and not the tech geek call. But I did see a lot yeah. of those boroscopes on um, on um, uh, direct tools. So you can get like Ryobi and like Milwaukee tools, uh, factory blemished or or, or um, like uh, I, 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 it's just like overstock and stuff like that. But directly from the company that makes those tools. And right. they had some on there. I believe Ryobi has one that you can use with the app on the phone. And all of that is really cool. Yeah. So at well, least you the get first most one of the uses up, out of it. I couldn't justify it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cheapest one I found was like 19 bucks, So it's not a big deal. Anyway, the one I'm going to get is like yeah. 36 The two that I've really narrowed it down to are 36 each. So it's not a big deal. And if I can use it to search for, um, you know, leaks in the underbelly that I can't see or put it down to see what's happening yeah. with pipes down the different openings that go from the rv into the floor that'll be worth it and if i were to decide to get into rv repair i'm gonna want it anyway so yeah so yeah oh yeah that'll that'll be a two well actually you'll want to upgrade to one that's that's more you know more features more so that's what worries me because they have for like 160 bucks you can get the ones that you hold the thing and it's got the display on it no app and then they've got a little joystick so you can turn the camera and move the cable and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, <sighs> but it's $100 more. So I'll yeah. probably just go with the cheap one, hopefully solve my problem, and then decide later if I need to upgrade. Yeah. Well, you could justify it then. If you're getting income from these tools, then you can right. justify going you know, through the roof with, with expensive tools. So. Yep. So, okay. All right. So should I stop right. recording? Yeah, I'll hit stop on my end too. Okay.